Miller was treating her like a difficult child, and this also undermined her. Milton Green was desperate to retain control of his star and was letting her take more prescription drugs than was perhaps wise. But Monroe was determined to show that she could act, despite her feelings of inadequacy when faced with Olivier and the super-professional English team that had been assembled specially for the film. From my first day on the production as third assistant director, the lowest of the low, I kept a journal of everything that I observed. I intended to transcribe it when the film was over, but my notes became messy and hard to read, and I simply put the volume away and forgot it. Forty years later, I dug it out and read it again, and it was subsequently published under the title The Prince, The Showgirl, and Me. One episode, however, was not recorded in my diary. For nine days, in the middle of filming, I made no entries at all. Suddenly, and completely unexpectedly, something happened which was, to me, so dramatic and so extraordinary that it was impossible to include it in my daily chatterings. For a short time, the attention of the major participants, Olivier, Green, and, above all, Marilyn, seemed to be focused on me. It was as if a spotlight had swung round for no particular reason and singled me out as the hero or villain of the piece. When normal life resumed, I continued to write my diary as before. I made notes on what I had felt had been the key events of those missing days, but that is all. It was not until the filming was over that I could go back and write down what had happened in the form of a letter to the friend for whom I was keeping my journal. This, then is the story of those missing nine days. Of course, it goes much further than the letter, but I make no apology for that. The whole episode is still as fresh in my mind as if it had happened yesterday. I could never have written this account while Marilyn was alive. I produce it now as a humble tribute to someone who changed my life and whose own life I only wish I could have saved. Tuesday, the 11th of September, 1956. Can Roger handle it? asked Milton Green. Milton and I were pacing up and down the small piece of new lawn outside Marilyn Monroe's dressing room at Pinewood Studios. As usual, Milton could not make up his mind. I'm not sure if anyone from the film crew should go near her home, Colin, even you. I rented that house for Marilyn just as I rented yours for you, I said. I hired Roger as her bodyguard, and I also hired her cook, her butler, and her chauffeur. I know them all well. If we aren't very careful, everyone will just walk out. Roger is a very nice man, but Roger is a policeman. He's only used to dealing with subordinates. You can't treat servants like that. You have to behave as if they are part of the family. Believe me, Milton, I'm very familiar with these problems. My mother worries more about her cook than she does about me. Milton groaned. He had gone to great lengths and considerable personal expense, he told me, to make absolutely sure that Marilyn was happy in every way. A sumptuous dressing room suite had been built in the old makeup block at Pinewood, all beige and white, and I had taken a lease on the most beautiful house I could find, Parkside House at Englefield Green, a few miles away, which belonged to Garrett and Joan Moore, old friends of my parents. Despite all this, Marilyn did not seem to be satisfied and Milton's pacing was distinctly uneasy. Okay, Colin, go over to the house if you must. We can't have the servants leave. Marilyn will be mad. But whatever you do, don't let her see you. 
You are Sir Lawrence's personal assistant, after all, and she definitely doesn't seem too keen on Sir Lawrence these days. That was certainly true. After only three weeks of filming, a gulf had already opened between the two great stars, and everyone had started to take sides. The entire British film crew had been selected by Olivier to give him maximum support. Marilyn had brought only a small team from Hollywood, including her makeup man and her hairstylist, and they had all gone back by now. She was left with no one to support her in the studio but Paula Strasberg, her dramatic coach. Of course, she also had her new husband, the playwright Arthur Miller. Their marriage, her third, his second, had taken place two weeks before they flew to England, but he had sworn not to interfere with the filming in any way. Milton was Marilyn's partner and co-producer, but she didn't seem to be listening to him as much as she used to, probably because Miller resented the fact that Milton had once been her lover. So he-